really, uh, before we get into the really short exhortation sermon today, some of you are saying amen, right? Uh, I want to just encourage you that as River Valley Church this year, 2024, we're going to uh, move in faith. We're going to move ahead in faith, right? We're going to forge ahead in faith. We're going to pursue God intensely. We're going to dig deeper in prayer. We're going to uh, give exponentially a little bit more than we did last year. And we're going to serve in greater ways. We're going to love with more intention. We're going to continue God's work. We're going to flow in the ministry of Jesus and then the mission of Jesus when he was on the earth. And then we're going to grow by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then really ultimately what we want to do as a church this year is we want to glorify the name of our God, Jesus Christ, in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. How many can say amen to that, right? Amen. We want to see Jesus glorified. We want this whole region to know that Jesus Christ is real and he loves them and he died for them. Amen? That's our heart. Amen. So we're, 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 we're going to pray for other churches and other ministries and organizations that God really moves on them and, and pours out his spirit on them and blesses them beyond what they can contain, that they can meet every need, that we can uh, really see the gospel go forward in this, in this area. How many just say, just like the river runs through this, we want the gospel to run through this valley. Amen. We want the gospel, amen, to be so common in this area that people are just getting saved all over the place. Amen. And that's what we want. We want families to come back together. We want marriages to be strong, kids to serve the Lord. Amen. Teenagers to find the Lord and find purpose in their life. And uh, I don't know about you, but I believe that this year, 2024, the streets of Williamsport aren't going to be the same. Amen. We believe that God is is really working in our police force and and, uh, all the agencies that are working in the city. We believe that God's hand is on them, that we're going to pray for them, and we're going to see God do amazing things in this area, amen, this region. And so I don't know about you, but I'm pretty pumped. Amen. And uh, I'm excited about it. I love Williamsport. I love living in this city. I don't know about you, but a lot of people complain about it, but we've got more than one coffee shop. So I'm happy about that. Amen. Used to be Mr. Donut. I remember Mr. Donut, right? The smoke shop of Williamsport, right? That's what it used to be. And, uh, but now we got all this stuff and I'm so excited about it. Excited about what the Lord wants to do. And so if you're new to the area, and maybe you grew up in a bigger city, and uh, it's not like that city, we're our own city, and uh, we're a great community of people who, who really have a lot of potential, amen? How many believe that, amen? You know, one of the things I'm in a few weeks, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the old and new, and how that the Lord uh, really uses the old and the new, and how they work together in generations, and uh, one of the things I, was, I really um, was neat this last week, I, uh, I don't even know how I came across it, but uh, found found some interesting um, news about this church, history about this church and this location right here, 470 Pine Street. Uh, this wasn't always a theater. It really was built in 1921, had a fire, uh, restored and rebuilt and, and kind of reopened in 1927. This was on the vaudeville circuit. So if you know anything about vaudeville, you had to go to New York and on your way to St. Louis, you had to come through Williamsport. And uh, the Rialto Theater was probably one of the main stops for vaudeville. And so originally it seated 1,200 people and um, it was a, a great theater. But before that, I found out that it was uh, called from 18, around 1850 to around 1900. I mean, um, my dates are maybe a little berry there, give or take. Um, it was called Miss Wilson School for Girls and Children. And so there was a school here on this property for young girls and some of the prominent families uh, in the area went to the school. Their, their daughters came to the school. It was like a finishing school, but they had trades and they taught them all kinds of things. And uh, so isn't that neat? Amen. This is 
has never really stopped being a training ground, has it? Never really stopped being an outreach for kids and young people and excited about that. And then the other end of the parking lot, years ago, there was a, uh, Italian families that had, right on the end of the parking lot here, had a produce. And so it was kind of, back in the day, there was a farmer's market here and, and on this grounds. And so I'm excited about this, the history of this place, but I'm excited about the future of this property. I'm excited about the future of this church and what the Lord has. And so there may be a brand new, shiny, cool looking building someday with 470 Pine Street on it. It doesn't look anything like a theater, but amen. We're going to continue on God's work. Amen. Amen. Turn with me to Philippians chapter three. This is a short exhortation because my introduction was so long. Anyways, as I begin to think about resolutions, obviously everyone talks about that and, and it's common actually, not everybody. Some people are sick of it, they don't talk about it. But I just want to talk about Paul's resolution today. Paul's resolution in Philippians chapter 3, I'm going to start in verse 7. I'm going to read uh, verses 7 and 8, 12 through 14. So Philippians chapter 3, if you'll turn in your Bible or click on your device, very common um, I would say uh, kind of a, a motivational, Christian motivational text, one of our famous ones that we like to refer to as Christians in Philippians chapter 3. It's so powerful. It's so good. And I love it. I'm going to bring some things out about Paul's resolution here in Philippians. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 7, starting verse 7, he says, but what things were gained to me, the things in my life that were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the ex excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, or rubbish, that I may win Christ. Verse 12, not as though I had already attained, neither had already perf perfected, or I'm perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend for that which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Verse 13, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth into the things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And herein you'll find Paul's resolution. And if we could say that he lived in 2023, this may be his resolution for 2024. Amen. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for today. Thank you for your word. We pray that you would bless all the families that are here, all the people that are here today. But those that aren't with us today because of sickness, we pray for their healing. We pray that you would touch them in their body. We pray, Lord, that if there's uh, those that are really seriously suffering, we pray that you would do a miracle in their body that medicine and good doctors cannot do, but you as the great physician can do. We believe you, Lord, and we trust you, and we just thank you for it. Bless your word today in Jesus' name. And everybody said. Amen. Amen. I don't know about you, but in 2024, I want to know God more. I want to know God more. I want to, I want to know the Lord a little bit more than I did last year. How about a whole lot more than I did last year? I want to hear God more. I want to know him. I want to feel his presence more. I want to uh, sense him more. Also, uh, I think the big thing is, is, you know, I want to hear God. But most importantly, I want to know him more than I knew him last year. How many can lift your hand as heaven and say, I want to know God more in 2024, right? Oh, that rhymed. Didn't try to do that. But the other thing is that Paul's writing here is that I want to get a hold of, amen, what God got a hold of me for. I want to get a hold of that this year. I want to get a hold of what the Lord got a hold of me for. 
Amen. How many know because of his grace I'm saved? Amen. Because of his goodness and his love. I don't know why he did it. Why did he choose me? Why did he, he die on the cross for me? I'll never know that. I'll really never know that. I'll never understand and comprehend his love and his grace for me. It was so outstanding and overwhelming. Come on. How many believe that? It's just overwhelming how much he loves us. Amen. And the grace that he's poured out on our lives. Never know that. We'll never get that. But one of the things that I understand is that he saved me. And he saved me for a reason. He saved me for a purpose, not just to warm a pew and say that I'm a Christian or be a part of this uh, club, amen, but, but he saved me. How many believe he saved you for a reason? Saved you for a purpose. He saved you that he would, you would know him, that you'd walk in relationship with him, but he's got assignments for me. He's got a purpose for me. He's got a destiny for me, amen. Amen? I, mean, I don't care how young or old you are. We can say, God saved me for a reason. And Paul's saying here, and I guess this is my uh, resolution like Paul's, that I want to know him, right? But also, I want to apprehend that which I've been apprehended for. I want to get a hold of it. I want to really grab a hold of it. I want to run with it. I want to understand it. Amen? The thing that Jesus, amen, saved me and died for me and saved me, I want to get a hold of that. So that's my prayer, and that's my resolution, really, as Paul was saying. And this is kind of Paul's resolution, so let me just go through this. And verse 12, I think the first thing is to understand, like we just talked about, apprehend. I want to apprehend, amen, the things that God called me for. The reason that Jesus died on the cross and the grace that was poured out in my life, I want to get a hold of that. I want to, I want to understand, I don't know about you, but I want to grab that. A couple of the definitions of apprehend are to catch something, to get a hold of it, to, to arrest. Did you know that it means to arrest? Did you know that? How many have ever uh, felt the Lord arrested you? <laughs> you were going one way and it wasn't good, made some really bad decisions and, and led a life that really wasn't uh, godly and you were going in a way of destruction, but how many know Jesus arrested you? I mean, how many can say he stopped me dead in my tracks, turned my life around and gave me a good purpose, a new purpose, amen, new life? I've been arrested. How many can say that? I've been arrested by Jesus. Amen. I don't know about you, but man, he cornered me. Amen. Got me in that place where I just had to turn to him, come out with your hands up. Amen. I fell into his love. Amen. And he arrested me for his purpose and his glory. Amen. That's what it means to apprehend. And Paul said, I, I want to I get a hold of that which Jesus arrested me for. Amen. That's what he's saying. But it also means to grasp or to seize, to take hold. Of. Get a hold of what God got a hold of me for. That's what it means. I want to get a hold of what God got a hold of me for. I mean, you know, God got a hold of my life. Amen. He just, he got a hold of me. I don't know, I don't know how he found me and, and how he found my number, but he got a hold of me. Amen. And he, he won't let me go. And so Paul's saying this, I want to do that. And so I believe that as this resolution, Paul, I think this is something in our heart. We need to say, I want to get, I want to apprehend. How many can just say that I want to apprehend? I want to get a hold of it this year. Some, some of you have been a Christian a long time. You say, well, I did. You know, I got a hold of it, wore it out. You know, I'm on to something new. I don't know about you, but that passion will never leave my life. When Paul is addressing here and he's saying one of the things that I believe that he's reflecting on as he's writing these words is his testimony. In Acts chapter 9 and in Acts chapter 26 and Acts 13, he recalls it, but we see the experience in Acts 9. He's actually going back and he's, he's saying that Jesus arrested him or apprehended him. Well, he goes back to that experience he had on the road to Damascus. In Acts chapter 26, he calls it the heavenly vision. That's what Paul called it. And we talked about that a couple weeks ago, the heavenly vision. I mean, how many feel that your, your call from God is heavenly? Amen. Come on, your encounter with Jesus was heavenly. Amen. And so Paul says that and he says, because of that, that day that, that God knocked me off that donkey 
and blinded me and spoke to me and gave me that call. He said, you're going to do this, this, and this. Wow. He said, that's a heavenly vision. He said, that's what I want to get a hold of. That, that, that call that God gave me on that road to Damascus, you know something? That never left Paul's life. He was constantly reminded, constantly stirred him to live in a greater capacity for Jesus and sacrifice and love and serve others because of that day that Jesus met him on the road. How many can remember the day that Jesus Christ met you on your road, amen, to Damascus? And that's what he's saying. He's saying, I want to get a hold of Amen. What God called me of that road, that day on the road to Damascus. Amen. I want to get a hold of what Jesus got a hold of me for. Amen. So I believe it's important that we as Christians never lose, amen, this passion or this cry in our heart, Lord, I want to apprehend. I want to get a hold of what you got a hold of me for. Amen. And I've noticed this about the Lord and just one of the things that when it comes to being apprehended by the Lord and that God will tie you to a place He'll tie you to a purpose, and he'll tie you to a people. Amen? God brought you here if you're a member here or even thinking about becoming a member at River Valley Church. God brought you here. I, we believe that God brings people here. Amen? Uh, right? Come on, whether you're just in the door checking it out or whatever. Amen? God brings you here to connect you with a people group. Amen? I mean, no, God calls you to people. <laughs> He'll call you to a group of people to serve with them and love them and grow with them. And God will call you to a place. Some of you came from another whole city, a whole state, maybe even a nation. I've met people from other nations in Williamsport. And they just came here. And I've always asked them, why would you come from there to here? <laughs> right? Especially people I meet from Hawaii. Boom. Don't understand. Why? Right? And so, but God does it. How many God does that? He, he'll, he'll tie you to a place. He'll tie you to a purpose. He'll tie you to a people. Amen. Because he wants you to apprehend that which he's called you for. That which he's apprehended you for. And so the first resolution we see here in Paul is to apprehend. The second one really is clearly, he says this right after that. He jumps right into it and he says, forget what's behind. I got to forget the past. I, I need to forget those things he said that are behind me. In 2023, we got some things. Now we can say this whole year is what? Behind us. We did some things this last year, and you recalled how many of those things are behind us now. What's in front of us? Another year, right? So we, this is what Paul's saying. He's like, those things that are behind me, I want to forget about those things. In fact, all the things that I, I've gained in my life, he said, they're like rubbish compared to what God has for me, compared to what tomorrow holds in Jesus Christ. Amen. And so he's saying that I forget what, what's behind. How many know it's important sometimes to forget what's behind? And in fact, in order for some of us, you've got to understand, in order for you to get a hold of something, you've got to let go of something. And I know the Lord a lot of times calls us to that at times in our life where we've got to let go of the past. We've got to forget what's behind us. And how many know when you came to Jesus, there's a lot of things you left behind? Two people, that's amazing. We see real true converts in here. I don't know about you, but there's some things I left behind. And I, I, they weren't, they, I mean, I thought they were cool and I had all these things. But then I said, you know what? They're not worth anything compared to Jesus Christ, amen, and the salvation he's giving me. I'm willing to let that stuff go. And so we see this where, and, and what it means is here is he's saying we make a commitment to what's ahead. Make a commitment to what lies ahead of you. Forget those things which are behind, but make a commitment to dive headfirst in what God has for us. Amen. And now, how many know that's trust? To be able to say, Lord, I'm going to forget what I've known, what I'm comfortable with, what I've been through, 
and I'm willing to embrace what you have for me. I'm willing to embrace this new path, this new life, this new decision, this new area of my life. Amen. I'm willing to do it. Amen. I'm willing to let go, and I need the courage to grab a hold. That's what Paul is saying. And I believe that for some people, their attachment to the past is greater than their commitment to the future. And they have struggles. They have struggles with change and what the Lord wants to do and, and, and embracing some of the things that the Word of God says that we need to embrace because they believe that their attachment to the past is greater to their commitment to the future. How many know you need to commit to the future? Amen. And the Bible teaches us that there's principles about this, and that is to let things go, to not look back, and to not long for something better. This was the problem with the children of Israel for those 40 years. They turned an 11-day journey into a 40-year 40, 40 trial fest from God because they just constantly wanted to go back. They constantly looking back to Egypt, wanting to go back, longing for something better. How many know there's nothing better than being in the will of God? There's nothing better than being in the will of God. And even if you're going through a situation and there's pain and there's trials and there's hardship, there's still nothing better than being smack dab right in the will of God. Amen? We sang that song today, there's another in the fire. Amen? But how many know when you're in the fire like that, amen, for a lot of us we'd be like, oh, that's terrible. No, but for God it was like, that's the will of God. That, they were right where God wanted them to be. And how many know when you're where God wants you to be, that's where God is. And we just need to get where God is. How many have ever, ever asked the Lord, I just want to know where you're at because I need to be where you're at. Because if I'm not where you're at, nothing's going to be peaceful in my life. Nothing's going to work, amen, right? So, but we need to forget those things which are behind. This, that's part of the resolution that Paul is giving here. And he's saying, look, I'm forgetting those things. I just want to dig a little bit deeper on this verse and help you understand just a little bit more that he's saying. We didn't read um, verses 1 through 6 but if you read verses 1 through 6, he's not just talking about forgetting past failures. I think like, that's a common theme. I feel like that's, that's important, right? How many know that's necessary? How many know we need, we need to forget past sins? How many know if God doesn't remember them, why should I? Amen. If God forgets them, then I need to. Amen. Forgetting past hurts and pain. He's not just talking about that, though. I just want to point something out. He's not just talking about failures and pain and trials. But he's also talking about past successes. He's also talking about accomplishments and personal achievements. If you read verses 1 through 6, you'll find that he begins to say, his, he get, brings up his education. He brings up all the things that he has in his life. But how many know sometimes it's not the things that are, are painful that God wants to forget. Sometimes it's the things that we have achieved ourselves without God. And so he's saying that. He's saying, look, all the things that I've got in my life, they're nothing compared to knowing Jesus Christ. All the things that I've gained, all the material things and all the things that I've worked so hard to get, I'm willing to put them aside just to have Jesus Christ. That's what he's saying. Think about it. He had the best education. He had the, I mean, all the travels that Paul was, was uh, in and all the experience that he had and all the probably finances that he had at one time. He's saying, I'm willing to let all that go that I can win Christ, that I could apprehend, amen, that which I've been called for, that's what I've been apprehended for. How many can lift your hand to heaven and say, man, I wish I could do that this year. I want to do that this year, that I want to say, Lord, it's not just my failures that I leave behind, but it's my successes. It's my accomplishments, my personal achievements. Lord, they're nothing compared to knowing you, amen? Sometimes we put too much stock in what we've done. We put too much account into, look at I've done. Look at all the things that I have. 
And, and some of us are striving right now, if I could get a better job, if I could have more money, if I could just have more this and this and a different place, then I could get to the place where I could say, look what I have. But how many know it's not what you have, amen, on the outside, it's who you have on the inside. It's Jesus Christ, amen. How many know you can have all of earth's wealth? You can have, be the richest person in the world and be the loneliest, the, the most miserable, lost, spiritually dead person, amen, in the eyes of God. Come on. So those things he's saying, all the things that I have, I'm willing to forget those things, leave those things behind. And so if you just quickly, as you you look at this verse, what is he also talking about? Not just talking about those things, he's talking about self-righteousness. He's saying, look, I'm willing to, all the self-righteousness, it's not going to get me anything. I can't save myself. So he goes back to the, the, the Jewish ceremonies and traditions of how to save. He said, look, I can't save myself that way. All the dead works without Christ, amen, I, they can't save me. Only Jesus Christ can. So he said, I'm not putting stock in all the goodness that I've done, all the good works that I've left behind me, all the, all the good things that I've done as a person. He said, I'm willing to put all that aside, amen, that I want to apprehend Jesus Christ. I want to get a hold of what God got a hold of me for. Amen. So we've got to be willing to leave those things behind. Quickly. Uh, the third thing, the resolution that we see is he said, I need to press forward. I need to press forward. How many know this year, in 2024, some of you need to move forward? Uh-oh. Some of you need to move forward. You know, kind of like, uh, you know, Joshua, you've been around that mountain long enough. It's time to turn and take your journey. You've got to make some progress. You've got to take some steps. Amen. You've got to see some things happen in your life. How many can... Lift your hand to heaven and said, yes, I believe that. Amen. We got to press forward. And that means to strive or contend or this earnestness in our hearts, this consistent passion, this consecrated effort to press forward towards the things of God. So sometimes people are so satisfied at just coming to church, just being a little religious, just celebrating at Easter and Christmas. And how many know there's much, much more to the Christian life? Amen. 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 And, and yet they put all their effort and concentrated effort into the things of the world and, and jobs and money and prestige and position and, and, and influence. But how many know there's nothing in this life more important than Jesus Christ? Amen. And the things of the Lord. And so the opposite really of, of pressing forward is, is indifference and neglect or it's half-heartedness. And where you find people that aren't pressing forward or leaning into God, you'll always find a half-heartedness. You'll always find an indifference about the things of God. Well, it doesn't really matter. It's not really important. I mean, I think just because if I'm saved, that's good enough. I really don't have to do this, this, and this, or live this way, or I can kind of go my own way, and God still loves me. How many know, if you're not willing to push forward and press into the things of God and move towards God, you're going to be half-hearted. You're going to be indifferent about God and the things of the Lord. Amen. And, and really, as he's talking about this, I press forward. One of the things I thought about is this is a principle of focused vision. If you want to have focused vision, you need to have this attitude, I'm going to press forward. I'm going to move in a direction. How many know direction and traction are important in God? And some of you haven't had that in your life for a while. You haven't had direction. You haven't had traction. You're really kind of going nowhere fast, as they say. And how many know there's a principle that uh, direction, not speed, is important? How many know there's some people going nowhere fast? Amen? They got a lot of speed, but they're not really going anywhere. Direction is important. Someone say, well, I'm not growing as fast as other people, and things aren't really happening as quickly in my life or, or a lot in my life. How many know direction is more important than speed? 
<laughs> I'd rather be going in the right direction than going somewhere nowhere fast, you know, real quick. Amen. Going there fast. And so I believe that. And so he's talking about focused vision. He's talking about having this focused vision on the Lord, this consecrated uh, uh, and, and concentrated effort to pressing in to God, because this is true purpose. True purpose is perspective and priority and passion. All those things put together is true purpose. And so how many know we need to press forward? How many are willing to say, I think in 2024, I need to press forward a little bit more? Amen. Amen. And the last thing that we see here is, as Paul is uh, really addressing this, and and it's just so amazing how he, he ties this together. He said, the last thing he says is that we need to win the prize. As he's talking about this exhortation, he said, and he comes in the statement, he says that I may win Christ, verse 8. Because what he's saying is, is that we, we need to win the prize. Well, a lot of people think prize is possessions and, and, and having comfortable light living and all those things. No, what is he saying? What, what is the prize that Paul talks about? What is the end of his resolution? What is the goal of his resolution? Is it just to be successful? Is it just to be happy? No, the end of Paul's resolution is Jesus Christ. How many know the prize that he's talking about is Jesus Christ? Anybody? The prize is Jesus Christ. Amen. The reward and award is Jesus himself. In verse 8, he says that I may win Christ. In verse 9, that it may be found in Christ. In verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellow of his sufferings. That I may know him. It all was about not being a better person, a bigger person, a more influential person, a rich person. It was about knowing Jesus. It was Jesus. Jesus was the prize. And in our lives that Jesus is the goal. Ultimately, it's not just about being this squeaky clean looking successful person, this Christian that looks like no, he has no problems. How many know that is not our goal? That is not our resolution. Our goal is Jesus. Amen. Amen. As imperfect as I am, as, as messed up as, as we get, as, as lost as we and wandering as we do, our goal is Jesus. Amen. Amen. And I know a lot of us have dreams and aspirations and we have all these things that we can say that, man, I even have a lot of goals for the next year. But how many know ultimately our goal needs to be Jesus? Jesus Christ needs to be the prize. He needs to be our reward. That's what we're running after. That's, what, that's why we forget the things that we've done. And look at me and look at all the accomplishments. Look at all my self-righteousness. Why? Because, amen, nothing is compared to Jesus Christ. So as Paul is saying this, he's saying what? He's the most valuable. He's the, he's the priority. He, he's all my passion is, is, is just bound up in this whole thing of Jesus. It's all about winning him, knowing him. He's my reward. He's the prize. That's what he says. Jesus is the prize. He's the most important, the value of all, of all the most valuable, precious, the, the most exclusive in my life is Jesus Christ. Later on, uh, early on, Paul writes the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians, and he tells them, he said, look, you need to run in such a way that you're going to win the prize. You need to race to win is what he's saying. In this life, there's a lot of people that are running. He said, but don't just run aimlessly, run to win. Come on, somebody, run to win. Why? Because there's a prize at the end. What is the prize? Jesus Christ. His purpose, knowing him, being in love with him, being passionate about, being engulfed about with everything that Jesus is, that's the prize. Amen? And so he's saying that we need to win the prize. And I love this uh, translation of, of verse 8 of chapter 3 of Philippians. He said, furthermore, I count everything as loss 
compared to the possession of the priceless privilege, the overwhelming preciousness, the surpassing worth, the supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord and of the progressively becoming more deeply intimately acquainted with him of perceiving and recognizing and understanding him more fully and clearly every day. I mean, this is what it's about. He's the prize. You see, if the prize isn't Jesus, then it'll be about your accomplishments, the riches of this world, materialism, about having a sensation of success, Amen, but an empty, empty shell, right? Come on, of, of righteousness. So he's saying this, and he's saying, look, it's all about knowing him. And I believe that some Christians have stopped here, and they've stopped actually before this, and they stopped and said, you know what, I'm just happy because I, 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 I just gave up some things temporarily. I, I think I, it's okay if I just, and some Christians are reluctant about following Jesus, and they feel that that's okay, but how many know you've got to be all in? And you got to race to win, and you got to run for the prize, and the prize is Jesus Christ. Amen. And so that's why we do what we do, and that's why we live the way we do, and that's why the Bible teaches us to live in the way that it teaches us to live, that we may win Christ, that he is our prize. He's the one I'm living for. He's the one I want to see. He's the one. How many know when I close my eyes for the last time, lay this old body down, I want to see Jesus. Amen. He's the one I'm living for. He's the one that died for me. I want to see the nail-scarred hands. I want to see the pierced feet. Amen. And feel that embrace. The one that passionately laid his life down for me, that's who I'm living for. He's my prize. You can have everything in this world. Amen. But I want Jesus Christ. Amen. How many can say in 2024, I want more of God, I want to know him better, but I want to get a hold of what he got a hold of me for, amen? Let's stand on our feet today. So as this resolution goes for Paul, and I believe it's one of them that we can see in his writings, it's to apprehend, it's to forget the past, it's to press forward, and it's to win the prize, amen? It wasn't to lose weight. Wasn't to get a bigger house, wasn't to get a better donkey to travel on, or a bigger ship because the other one was shipwrecked, but it was to know him. That I could apprehend that forget the past, man, he said, that's key, isn't it? To get a hold of it. And then to forget the past, that's, a, that's another key for this year, he's saying. And then he's saying, look, I, and I've, I've got to be successful this year, I've got to press forward. And because ultimately, at the end of the year, at the end of 2024, I want to say, I got the prize. That's my goal, to win the prize, Jesus Christ. Amen. Because he says in verse 10, my determined purpose is this, that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply, intimately acquainted with him, and all the things that he said, that I may know him. That's really what it's about, isn't it? That I can know him better and deeper. Amen. We always sing about God knowing us, God loving us, and those are good things. But how many know it's about how much, amen, I'm pursuing him? How much I'm loving him. Sometimes that really counts, doesn't it? Sometimes we're caught up in all the things that we have and all the people should be doing for us and all the things in life we should get and all the things we deserve. But ultimately, our prize is not those things. Our prize is Jesus Christ, amen, and his grace and his love and his mercy. As I kind of close this this morning, this uh, last message of 2023, amen, I, I thought of the really the... The line from the one old song, it's my desire. It says this, if you could see where Jesus brought me from to where I am today, then you will know the reason why I love him so. 
You can take this world, its wealth and riches. I don't need earth's fame. It's my desire to live for him. And I don't know about you, I believe that's what Paul was saying. My resolution, you can have all these things, all these things in the world, but my desire is to know him. I make you lift your hand to heaven and say, man, that's going to be my resolution this year, one of the things, and amen, is to know him. The power of his resurrection, fellowship of his sufferings, that I would know him. Why? Because he's my prize. Amen? I want to get a hold of what God got a hold of me for. Amen? What, what, what God, what I realized at 16 years old, amen, that I was going to be saved and delivered. Yeah, that was great. But man, something from that day on to this day gets kind of right in my heart. I want to, I want to apprehend that which you apprehended me for. That which you called me from the beginning of time. That which you loved me for and paid the price for. I want to get a hold of that. Can somebody say amen? amen? Father, we just thank you for your, your wonderful presence that we feel here today. We thank you, Lord, for all the, uh, again, that we gathered. We had the freedom to gather today. We, we look back at this last year. There was high points. There was low points. And there was just some points we don't want to talk about. But, Lord, we thank you that your mercies are new every morning. And so, Lord, as we look forward to the new year, we can say, Lord, by your grace, we want to step into this year saying, like Paul, I want to apprehend that which what I've been apprehended for. I want to forget those things which are behind. I want to press forward, and I want to reach the goal. Aim is Jesus Christ. My prize is to know you, Lord, to know you more this year in a greater measure, to hear you, Lord, to sense your presence or to see you at work in my life and my family. That's what I want to see. Not, not being more famous or richer or having more possessions or, or just feeling better about myself. Lord, none of those things matter compared to knowing you. And that's what I want, Lord, above everything else. And I give you all the praise and the glory. And I thank you for all that you're going to do this next year. I'm just, just in all in anticipation of what you're going to do this year. In the lives of the people that are in this room and those that are online, we just thank you for it. We give you all the praise and glory. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen.